Genesis chapter 35, and I won't stand before you long tonight because Bishop Dawson is down here, and if I don't preach, I know he'll jump up and preach. Genesis chapter 35, verse 16 through verse 18, and that is the custom in our part of apostolic that we stand for the reading of God's word and we could stand together all over this room. Genesis 35, verse 16 through verse 18. When you have it, I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. And they journeyed from Bethel. And there was but a little way to come to Ephrath. And Rachel travailed. And she had hard labor. And it came to pass that when she was in hard labor. That the midwife said unto her, fear not. Thou shalt have this son also. And it came to pass. As her soul was in departing. For she died. That she called his name Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin. And all of God's people said amen. Before you sit down, I know with our short attention span, many of us won't remember everything, but I do want to give you this word from the Lord. I believe this is what the delay and the change of flights was really about. Send the word down your road. Get somebody's attention and tell them things are lining up. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Things. Things are things are lighting up. Um, um, I have a very uh, love relationship with the Torah. Uh, these first five books, of course, I love all of Scripture, but the narratives of the Torah is the very foundation of our Judeo-Christian faith. I don't believe you can really be Christian and be anti-Semitic. Because in order to truly have what we call a Christian faith, it must be yoked to the foundation of Judaism. A man that was not a Hebrew. And God made him the father of Hebrews. Mm. I want some of you to get a revelation. Uh, you that have felt as an outsider, even in your own family, uh, by yourself, even in a crowded room, looking for reference points for your gifting and your posture. I want you to consider the reason why you can't find anything to measure yourself by. It's because God is making you a template. Mm. Somebody shout, I'll be the first. I'll be the first. There's a price that comes with being the first, but I'll be, I, I didn't say I'll be the only because the word first deals with consecutive order. Somebody shout, I'll be the first. I'll be the first to break that ceiling in my family. I'll be the first to break that generational curse. I'll be the first multimillionaire in my family. I'll be the first one with a doctorate degree. I'll, I'll, I, wish I, I wish I had somebody tonight to declare, I'll be, 
I'll be the first. That's the only reason why it's been so hard because God is using you as a template. It, it seems like God was dealing with Abram ever before he came into a full knowledge of who Jehovah was. Now, in our testimony, this is, we, I may need another microphone because this one is going in and out. And our traditional classical Pentecostal testimony services, we would testify after first giving honor to God. <laughs> Bishop, first lady, all the deacons, saints, and friends. The friends were the visitors who weren't saved yet. <laughs> um, they weren't apostolic, you know, they were friends, not saints. <laughs> We've come a long ways, amen. <laughs> But when we testified about our salvation, it seemed like the testimony of our salvation had more to do with what we did instead of what God did. And we testified as though we rescued God to rescue us. I'm so glad I found Jesus. Now, I understand what you mean when you say that, but the truth is, was Jesus ever really lost? Screaming at somebody, tell him he really found me. I was messed up. I was jacked up. And I know you went to a meeting one night. And I know you heard the preacher preach the truth and holiness. But if you be honest, there was some times God was dealing with you, even in some strange places. I need you to look at somebody, tell them I took God some places. Come on. Don't, don't, y'all, don't y'all look at me like that. Be honest with me. Some of us was high and God was talking to us. Some of us were drinking and God was dealing with us. Come on. Some of us were in clubs and we were places we shouldn't have been in. But God, anybody ever was at a place you shouldn't have been in and tears begin to come down your face and says, I got to go back to church. I can't do this to God. It seems like God was dealing with Abram ever before he came into a revelational knowledge of who God was. It's in the Mishnah, Jewish traditional commentaries that says that Abram being the son of an idle shopkeeper began to be very curious concerning this, this idol worship. And he asked his father Terah. You know, are are they really our gods? And he says, yes. He said, but we make them. (laughs) Are they really our gods? So uh, Terah left Abram, and this is the tradition. Terah left Abram in charge of the shop, and he went on a journey. And Abram decided to test out the power of the idols. So he took a stick and knocked the head off of one of them. And then when his father returned, he says, what happened to the idol? He said, one of the other idols did it. It seemed like God was dealing with him even in the beginning. I was in India uh, doing a conference, and I was going between the city of Hyderabad to a small village called Surapay. And we pulled over uh, to get something to drink, a refreshment. It wasn't a Wawa or Sheets, so no matter where you're from. It was maybe a place you probably wouldn't stop if you, <laughs> uh, but we was doing the best we could with where we were. We stopped to get us a Coke because I was familiar with that brand. 
a young man walked over to us and started speaking to us in a Hindi dialect. And our translator spoke Telugu and he was like, get away, get away. And, and the little boy was talking. And I said, no, I want to know what the little boy is saying. He says, he wants you to give an offering to his God. I said, okay, well, where is his God? He said, that's his God. That little figure inside of that little box. And I begin to get stirred up. I start quickening. Because I said, now look at this little boy. He's carrying his God. But our God carries us. He has to provide for his God. But we know him as Jireh. Our God provides, provides for us. There in Mesopotamia, in the Fertile Crescent, where the more wealthy you were, the more gods you had. Here now, God revealing himself, the one true God revealing himself to Abram, declaring to him a promise. And when God makes Abram a promise, he's not just making it to a man, he's speaking it to a nation. I come to tell somebody in this room that when God declares something over you, it may take more than one a generation to unpack it. I come to tell some of you in this room, you heard it, but your children going to walk in it. Hallelujah. You heard it, but your grandchildren are going to be blessed by it. And that's why when you see me shouting in this room, I'm for destiny I'm shouting for legacy I'm shouting for everybody that got my last name I'm declaring that this promise is going to hit my siblings this promise is going to hit my first and my second cousins come on claim them claim them claim them somebody open up your mouth and shout for your lineage come on it ain't just about destiny it's about legacy what God is about to produce through my life is going to set up the next three generations of my church it's going to Set up the next three generations of my family. For a good father leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Hallelujah. Abram, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. And I'm going to bless them that bless you. And I'm going to curse them that curse you. Hallelujah. I'm going to make your name great. I'll make your name as a seed. It'll go down in the ground and come up as a harvest. Mm, And so we have Abraham that produces an Isaac. And this Isaac has a very problematic posture. Isaac close enough. Isaac has to be close enough to the world around him to impact it. But distant enough that he's not polluted by it. And we're in that problematic posture in our generation of the church. We're in that place in the generation of the church where we're seeking relevance. We want to be relevant. And it, it, it is needful that we be relevant. It's needful that we embrace the technology of our culture that we may be able to spread the gospel. We must do as Apostle Paul does on Mars Hill. We must take altars that have already been erected and preach Jesus. But let me tell you something in all of our transition. We've lost some things. We've lost some things. We've learned how to have praise teams that sing on the mic and the people in the audience won't sing out loud. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Now 
now our pulpits have become stages and the singers have become performers and our prophets have become pimps y'all not saying nothing to me in here I, I believe in being relevant but you can't lose the sound you can't lose the sound of holiness you, I, I, I thank God for this grace movement but grace don't just catch you when you fall grace also will keep you from falling we have turned the grace of God into lasciviousness I know some of y'all that shut down on me in here now unto him who is able to keep 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 I tell you that won't the Holy Ghost keep you come on you ought to have a victory testimony sometime I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he's a keeper I know for myself he's a keeper don't lose the sound of Pentecost I'm thankful for CCM I'm thankful for all of this new music but don't lose the sound of holiness because that's a sound that was produced out of sanctification there was a sound that was produced out of suffering I need somebody to open up your mouth and blow your shofar in Zion don't lose it don't lose the sound Isaac you've got to be impactful but don't take on their cloak the worst thing you could ever do is be successful in something you won't call to do some of us We'll go from conference to conference using copy and paste imitating other people's ministry. We have lowered our standards and compromised trying to get the crowd when even after you compromise some of the crowd still ain't going to come. But there's a generation that's looking for a purified sound. And God says, Isaac, when you show up, I'm going to bless you in the midst of the season that should have destroyed you. I need you to look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, the pandemic hasn't changed the promise. And Isaac grew and prospered in the midst of, uh, in the midst of a famine. But out of the loins of Jacob, out of the loins of Isaac comes Jacob and Esau. There's a wrestle in the belly of Rebekah. Hallelujah. If Jacob and Esau would testify tonight, they would echo the sentiments of Sophia from the color purple. And she said, all my life, I had to fight. Some of y'all have had this so easy, that's why you quit every week. But there's some of us in this room, we had to fight for everything we got. Did nobody hand us nothing? Did nobody give us nothing? It, it came as a response to warfare. It's called spoil. Scream at somebody tell them you got to fight for it. Don't get over here and get weak. You got to learn how to fight. You tell me you're going to let what somebody said about you in church keep you out of church? What? You, you tell me because somebody didn't speak to you, now you're not going to serve anymore? Let me tell you, I love the church, but I'm not over here for more Facebook friends. It's the same way you feel about your job. You don't go to your job to make friends every day. You are there for the paycheck. Come on, somebody. I'm not over whether you like me or don't like me. This is the church God put me in, and I'm not going nowhere. I'm here for the food. Y'all not saying nothing to me. I'm here for the pay. 
Jacob. And Esau is in consistent. Y'all praying for me. It's lifting off of me. I'm almost there. Jacob and Esau are wrestling through even in that mother's womb. It seems like innately it's, it's put in them. That there's a blessing to the one that comes out first. Oh my God. It's innate in them. There is a desperation. I believe it's in us. There is a holy frustration. I don't think all frustration is demonic. I believe God will frustrate you. And that's why some of you, some of you, uh, where other people around you, they good with where they are, but you're not satisfied. Because there's a holy frustration. Some people are good with just going to church and having a good church service. But I want to see the Bible, my God. I want to see blind eyes come open. I want to see the deaf begin to hear. Come on. I, I, I want to walk in the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I got a holy frustration. God did this to me. If I would have never heard it, I would have never wanted it. If I had never seen it in the spirit, I wouldn't know to look for it. God did this to me. And I come to tell somebody in this room, you better not apologize for what God has put in you in this last season. I need you to push somebody. Tell them, I will not apologize for what God is about to do. I suffered for this. Oh my God, I will not. I cried for this. I went through, I had to stand through some things when it wasn't popular to stand. Ooh, I won't apologize. I won't apologize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jacob, he saw in the battle. You know, you know the story. You know how eventually Jacob steals the birthright from Esau because Esau lays down something permanent for something temporal and because of this family dysfunction with the mother showing favoritism to Jacob and Isaac uh, blessing Jacob instead of Esau Jacob has to run and one of your greatest tests of the Holy Ghost is not how well you speak in tongue but how you discern when you need to remove yourself just because I stepped out of the room is not because I was intimidated there were times where the Holy Ghost had to shut my mouth to save my future anybody in here ever heard the Holy Ghost say shut up 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 tell your neighbor I'm not scared I'm not scared it was the Holy Ghost that silenced me because if this had been two years ago it might have turned out a little different y'all not saying that. hallelujah just because I don't fight is not because I don't know how to fight hallelujah hey, come on the reason why you don't cuss is not because you don't know cuss words it's the Holy Ghost that will reframe you because just a little bit before you really got deep in God you would have snatched a ponytail off of the back of somebody's head you better be glad God saved your life Jacob removes himself. Jacob goes to the house of Laban. And you know the, the deception cycle that he finds himself in. But he ends up with a with a Leah. 
He ends up with a Rachel, a Bilhah, and a Zilpah. He's, he's experiencing Cortes' intimacy with all of them, but really only loves one of them. I think that's a conversation maybe we need to have in our singles ministry about the anatomy of man. That a man can be intimate with you and still not love you. He has a Leah and a Rachel that's wives, but he has bonus wives called concubines. Bilhah and Zilpah. Yes, he's, he's intimate with them. Uh, they having his babies. Cooking meals for him. But he don't value them enough to give them his name. He got clothes at your house. Woo. You cooking for him. You on Facebook talking about wifey. But if you don't have his name, you're not wifey. You're a concubine. Blame it on the jet lag. Just blame it on the jet lag. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, if I'm not your promise, I will not be your practice. I just want to put it out here because I'm sick and tired of us having all these convocations and conferences and people go back to prison after they get out of church. At some point, I want to have victory even in my private life. I'm tired of being publicly powerful but being a private failure. How long will you be entangled? talking about we don't want everybody in our business no you done became somebody's secret it won't be long from now <laughs> scripture says there's come a time where Jacob realized he must return and so, maybe we need to come together and instead of always laying hands on each other, maybe we need to have some conversations. Maybe we need to stop shouting over some things and learn how to reconcile. See, when you get the Holy Ghost for real, there are moments where the Holy Ghost will make you apologize to people who you feel should be apologizing to you. If we learn how to reconcile, we won't have to have so many church splits. We could have church plants. We wouldn't have so many apostles with five members. Just say, I missed it. Apologize. Reconciliation is a New Testament ministry. Because our culture, Bishop, we always talk about cutting people off. And we always talk about blocking people. At some point, there's going to be nobody left to cheer for you. Because you would have cut everybody off. Everybody is not your hater. 
jealous of you because I corrected you. That's not church hurt. That's called accountability. And the only reason why we have to sit you down because you lost your conviction to sit yourself down. Me sitting down is not punishment. It's called restoration. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, some of y'all pastors that got quiet in here because now you, don't, you, you won't bring correction to the old gifted. You'll correct other people, but you won't correct your gifted. But I want you to know there's no gift that's on the platform that should be above correction. Come on, somebody. I don't care how wonderful you play. I don't care how wonderful you sing. At the end of the day, I want to be right with God. I need you to push three people. Tell them I still want to be right with God. Hey, it's not about how many people clap for me. I want to make sure he stands when I stand Jacob you gotta go back and get it right don't run over there and start putting your hand on me start shouting no 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 let's have a conversation no no tell me what you said we need to come together we need to and maybe we don't need to repeat all the details but there needs to be a reconciliation because, because we're missing out on a great moment of revival because we're dancing in pockets. We're supporting our clique president. And we can't support a service unless we over it. And we don't know how to be the vice anything or the assistant anything. We hold back our strength waiting for our opportunity to shine. I was telling... I was telling uh, Bishop and I was having a conversation and it's always ironic because at our holy convocation they called me the establishmentarian and the vice presiding bishop. The reason behind that and it came and, and, and I was, it was oversaw by Bishop James Nelson Sr. When I was starting our reformation and at that time I had planted three other churches and other churches were coming under the umbrella of our church and we were starting the reformation the Lord spoke to me in 5 a.m. prayer. I know you've heard this story a thousand times. The Lord told me it was the assignment of the Son to bring glory to the Father. And when that happened, Bishop Moore, I went to my pastor. I says, Bishop, I need you to be the presiding bishop of our movement. He said, oh, no, no, no. This is your assignment. I'm going to support you. I said, no, Bishop. No, no. Please forgive me. I don't want to be disrespectful. But the Lord told me he wants me to learn how to be number one at being number two. You see, y'all saw that was a weak hand clap because there's a conviction that's going on in the room because some of you are reserving yourself for your opportunity. And when you keep reserving yourself for your opportunity, you can never produce loyalty that ain't never been in you. You can't produce submission and it ain't never been in you. Now you're going to go start a church and you want people to stand with you and you never fully stood with your leader. And that's why pastors need pastors. Don't you sit under a pastor that's under the age of 80 years old and don't have a pastor. Because when a pastor does not have a pastor, teaching submission becomes narcissistic. Dangerous, oh my, help me, Holy Ghost. Dangerous authority. Dangerous authority is when it's an unsubmitted power. 
who can call you in? Woo. There's some pastors that left reformations because they said God is doing something new with me. No, God won't do nothing new. You just was not willing to stay in the process. Oh, let me move on. I want you to ask your neighbor, who is your pastor? Now give them an answer. Give them an answer. Online, tell us, who is your pastor? And I, I just want to say this clearly. As our wonderful Reformation grows, credentials don't transfer. I know you were an elder over in another church, but you join over here and nobody's going to save our church. Nobody's going to be a hero. We got to know them to labor among you, us. Don't introduce yourself going to a new church as an elder anybody. My name is brother. Come on. My name is sister. I must be willing to labor among. Jacob, you got to go back. Jacob goes back to reconcile with his brother. Y'all know Jacob ends up being left alone. And there he wrestles. There he wrestles with a man. There he wrestles with the Christophany or theophany, depending on your theological posture. <laughs> Glory be to God. Mm. He's wrestling with God. And God wins. Huh. Because God always wins. Uh, God let him thought he won, but God always wins. The Bible tells us that this promise was on the lineage of Abraham, that a nation would come forth. And out of that nation, hope I'm not boring y'all with this, this is where I'm at. Out of that nation would come Messiah. That all the families of the earth will be blessed through this nation. The Mishnah lifts that it was the understanding that when this nation is established, it will be established with 12. All of us in this room, and you preachers and you scholars know in numerology that the number 12 deals with foundation. 12 gates to the city. <laughs> foundation of the new Jerusalem. 12. 12 apostles, right? But at this time, of this sojourn in reconciliation. Leah had had her kids. Thank you, Lord. Zilpah and Bilhah had their kids. Rachel, although she had Jacob's love, she did not have the ability to produce like the rest of them. She only had one. So it had left the seed of Jacob only to 11 sons. But while they were in transition, hallelujah, she went into hard labor. Tonight I'm speaking to some individuals in this room that God is calling you to do something at the most inconvenient time. You haven't been called by God until you've been inconvenienced by God. 
It was when Moses finally had created some sort of normality for his life that then God started talking to him out of the middle of a bush. I need you to push somebody, tell him, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Uh, uh, I wish I could wait to a different time in life. Some of you, it says, I'll wait till the kids get grown. I'll wait till I pay off a few more things. But God says, right in the midst of a transitional season, you're going into labor. You're going into labor. You're going into labor. You're going into labor. And this is a hard labor. My God. I'm going through things I've never had to go through before. I'm dealing with things I've never had to deal with before it will be one thing if my warfare was on the outside but what do you do when your conflict is even on the inside I don't want you to leave me out here by myself to testify but there's some of you in this room you've had to deal with your own mental conflicts my God I'm talking about where you got faith for everybody else but you're wondering will God do it for you and if God do it is he going to do it this time Lord I believe but help my contradiction Lord I believe but help thy my unbelief I got a conflict who encourages the encourager who prays for the people who pray for everybody else I got a word for you but now I'm in the corner in my own life scratching my head wondering how we are gonna move into the next spot I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor just because it's hard it don't mean it's not God oh my God I come to tell somebody that God would never call you to do something Something that you can do without him God always keeps himself employed and I come to speak to the people in this room if what you're seeing is bigger than you've ever seen before if what you've been called to do is something greater than you could have ever imagined I want you to know that thing came from God now unto him who is able to do exceedingly oh my God I feel like preaching here abundantly above all you could ask or think I need you to get out of your seat and run over to somebody tell him he's about to blow your mind I I know it's a hard season but he's about to blow your mind Uh, it's been hard for a reason it's been hard for a reason I heard him says enlarge the place of your tent strengthen your state Uh, because this is the one this is this is the one you've been praying and you've been shouting and you've been giving and you've been dancing but push some to tell them this is the one I need to hear the sound of a travail in this room where are the intercessors I know we got worship teams and bands but is there anybody in here that know how to birth the move of God how many can declare in this house that there's something I got to birth hallelujah it's been stretching me but I got to birth this it's been pushing me but I got to birth this it's been causing me to not recognize myself but screaming but I got to burn this. She said, I got She said, hold on, not now. Not now. We're not even settled. We're not even settled. Not now. Maybe at a different time. Not now. But she's she's going into labor. Bishop Dawson says she's going into hard. She's going, hear my hallelujah. Can, can y'all take down y'all's halo for a moment and just be honest with somebody and tell them I'm strong, but it's been hard. It's been hard. Come on, come on. Can y'all just be honest for a second? No, this has been a good season and a, 
and a challenger season all at the same time. It's been, it's been hard. Sometimes, someday showing up has been a victory. Hallelujah. So, so don't, don't lay me out, praise team leader, because some moments I had to drag, some days I had to drag myself in the church just to do, some days I had to make myself be a parent. Some days I had to remind myself that I was somebody's spouse. There are days I didn't feel like being somebody's preacher. It got hard. Is that too honest for you? Tell your neighbor, it got hard. And all of a sudden, she's going into, she's going into hard labor. And they call for the midwife. And this is a season, Bishop, where God is raising up midwives and mantles. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, everything on this row is expecting If you're not expecting, you need to get on the, you need to go sit on the balcony because this is, this is a Lamar's row. Everything on this row is expected. Hey, 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 hey. And I come to declare to you this year in the Holy Convocation, there will be no miscarriages. Hallelujah. I know you've made mistakes in times past and I know there have been moments that seem like your ministry got momentum and as soon as your ministry got momentum, something happened and set it back. But I need you to run to somebody, prophesy to them and tell them no more miscarriages oh no you're gonna birth this one you're going to birth this one the enemy has stood up against your ministry he's been trying to intimidate your prophetic posture but I'm decreeing and declaring the sound of the midwives is shouting oh my thing um, Bishop I'm going to be honest I don't really like preachers I just happen to be one no and I'm being honest now I'm not talking about y'all I like y'all but preachers sometimes can have funny ways they will dock you and dock hey dock dock and they can be your biggest critics. Some of you, you really don't even know who you can trust. Because there's some people who can handle your misery, but never want to see you get a miracle. But I want you to look up and down your row, and I want you to tell them this is a safe space tonight. Come on, tell them I'm not jealous of you. I want to see you blessed. Tell them I want you to have everything God has for you. Put your hand on them and just start shouting for them. Come on, midwife. Shout. Hey! Don't miss them. You gotta burn this thing. You gotta burn this thing. God, He put it in you. I said He put it in you. Somebody pushing the Holy Ghost. Push in the Holy Ghost. There's a sound. There's a sound. Oh, sound. Oh. I don't, 
I'm going to tell you, I feel in this room right now a family anointing in this room. Hold on, my sh somebody shout, not on my watch. Because the enemy has tried to speak destruction and demise over your seed. Trying to rip your family apart. But I come to say, tell you something about the devil maybe you didn't know. The devil is a liar. If you got a cousin, if you got a child in this room, I want you to run over to them right quick and just lay hands on their shoulder and release a sound, release a sound, release a... Hey! Come on, shout for your family. Shout for your family. Shout for your family. Hey! We got a breakfast thing. We got a... I refuse to lose my children. You're going to preach this gospel. You're going to walk out this ministry. You're going to fulfill this calling. How? 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 Come on, wake up your anointing. Come on, midwives. Wake up your anointing. Come on, midwives. Wake up your anointing. Come on. Come on. the Lord. Oh, I feel the Lord. There's a double portion that's falling in the room. I feel the Lord. Shut up. The gifts are being stirred in the room. I feel the Lord. Somebody's hands are going to start tingling again. The gift of healing is being released. It's been stopped. I feel the Lord. The gift of miracles. Come on. The gift of prophecy. Come on. I feel the Lord. gift of faith standing up in me right now. I'm going to say something real bold. I'm going to say something real bold. Now I want some people to go with me. But when your faith can't go the whole sentence, just drop out, all right? I'm not going to ask you to say something you don't want to say. I don't believe in having people to say things they don't come in agreement with it. 
Just go with me as far as you can go. And when your faith don't allow you to go the rest of the way, just drop out. But I want you to look at somebody near you, if they're your family, and if they're not, just adopt your family. Look at them and say, neighbor, I will not lose another family member to cancer. I got faithful. I got faith. Oh, look, y- y- some of y'all got nervous. I got faith. There's a name that's bigger than the name cancer. And at that name, every shall die. This is the one. This is this is 12. This convocation is the one. This is why some of you, the enemy fought you from coming to convocation. This ain't everybody, but for about eight of you who almost didn't come this year, I want you to take off running right now. About eight of you, I want you to take off running as quickly as you can. Do it. Move, 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 move. The reason why I want you to run because you're getting ready to run into one of the greatest seasons of your life. There's somebody running right now. You get ready to outlive the expectations of your enemy. This is this is this is the one. This is the one. The family member that's been giving you such a hard time. This is the one. This is the one. I feel like. Like. So, let me tell you this, Bishop Dawson. The Bible said, the Bible said, she started to birth a child. And the midwife said, the son is going to live. And she called him. Benoni. Now, I always preach that sermon that says, Benoni, son of my sorrow. But my rabbi friend, Pesachwiliki from Israel, he said, are you sure? I said, what do you mean, am I sure? That it's son of my sorrow. I said, yes, the commentary says it. He said, the commentary is a man like you. I said, well, he says, and, and we looked it up in the lexicon, the word uh, Oni, Ben Oni, Ben means son. Oni, I said, means sorrow. Because the word Oni comes from the word Avin. And Avin means sorrow. He said, but Avin don't always mean sorrow. I said, well, what else does it mean? We look, and it means also means strength. But I said, no, but it don't fit. If it means sorrow or strength, she's dying. So automatically, she's saying, this is the son of my sorrow. But he said, look at it again. Was she even concerned about her death? 
she was never concerned about dying. That's why the midwife says, this son will live. I've come to tell somebody, you're about to birth out of one of the worst seasons of your life. What you felt was killing you. Hallelujah. I said, what you thought was killing you. Then his father says, I'm going to call him Benjamin. Son of my right hand. So, if he's Benoni, son of her strength. And then he's Benjamin, son of his father's right hand. It will explain why the Benjamites were ambidextrous. They were able to fight with their left and their right. I come to prophesy to 50 people that were dance. God is about to bless you in both of your hands. God, God, God is about to to you when I say God is going to bless you can, you can you come to man of God just put your hands out here when I say God going to bless you in both your hands the reason why we have so much tension in church oftentimes is because everybody's trying to be special in a two hour church service one day a week when I say God going to bless you in both of your hands I am not downplaying the fact that you have a temple anointing but God says I'm going to stretch you out not only will you have a temple anointing, but you're going to have a marketplace anointing. Oh. Not only are you going to preach under the power, you're going to sign contracts under the power. Tell your neighbor, I'm not fighting for a position. I got a place in God. I'm speaking. Now, if you don't want it, don't receive it. But the 50 of you that will praise him now, I'm declaring that God will release to you one contract that's going to set you up for the next 10 years. One contract. One contract. I want you to dance like you're tithing. Let's get ready to shift. Like this. It's called a prophetic gesture. Every time you do this, because when you're in the process of working on some stuff, you can't give people all the details. But just tell them things are they're lining up. We'll be moving soon. Cause things are
my seat. It's like three o'clock in the morning in my body. Y'all be seated as quickly as you can. Things are that's why this last year was so hard because things are y'all to be seated. Now, all of you are not convinced. I'm going to find out who's convinced in this room. I'm going to ask you to do something crazy. Bishop Dawson, everybody can't go with this. Because when I said I was believing God that nobody else in my family going to die of cancer, some people did like this. You see, some of us got more faith for cancer than we do healing. you to do something and I, I don't want you to dance just to dance I want you to really think about this I'm going to see where your faith is for the next 30 seconds I want you to praise God for what made you cry because whatever made you cry it's going to turn around and bless your life. For I reckon that the suffering of this
this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.